Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby, Find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Uh, today is Tuesday, February 26th. And this this one's going to be fun. It will, because as everyone remembers, you came here for the hot takes. And here's your first one. Uh, Michigan State still undefeated against Butgers. Football and men's basketball. Fact. People forget. Big facts. People forget. And you know what? I don't see it changing in the near future. No, I mean, you all wanted to come here to talk about, uh, yeah, like you said, the big win from last week. Big win. Big win. Keeping that undefeated Butker's record intact. I that mean, everyone knows about. I know I slept well the remainder of the week knowing that uh, MSU's, you know, legacy in New Jersey was still safe. They don't sleep. They Birth, mean, birthplace of college football. Gotta be sick over that over in yeah. Piscataway. Right, right. And we all know these these uh, Owen, still waters run deep. 0-13 against Michigan State since mm. they joined the Big Ten. Mm. Wow. I mean, yikes. This is getting a little embarrassing. Steve Pickiel, Chris Ash, where you at, though? Where you at, though, the rest of the conference? Yeah, everybody. I mean, I, I can dog on Rutgers, but, like, really? Yeah. Really? You're going to go ahead and lose Everybody to else? Everyone? The rest of you? Some of you a lot, by the way. Yeah. Some of you, you know who you I'm are. I'm looking at you, Indiana and Minnesota. Let's talk about the fact that literally every other school has lost. Ohio State? Oh, yeah. Like, these are, this is a pro. Twice. Two times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, who I, else? Maryland, surely somewhere. Twice. Yeah, Minnesota. Uh, three times. Northwest. Northwestern. Three times. Yikes, man. Yeah. Life must be hard. Hate to see it. Oh, things you hate to see. Um, well, that so, was yeah. fun. Yeah, so we made it about, I don't know, two minutes in here without just laughing maniacally. Um, yeah, fantastic week last week. Michigan State going 2-0 and in men's college basketball. The first win, the aforementioned win over the butt. Uh, the I will never stop talking trash about that. I'm dead serious. And, to, <laughs> and I cannot wait for all two of the people that screenshot my tweets yeah, both that, are Rutger, that are Rutgers fans. Yes. That are like, one day we're going to get this guy. The Scarlet Knights. There's two of them. <laughs> the two, and they wear all the armor. The two Knights. Yeah, both of you. Knock uh, off Sparty over there. Yeah, come hit us up. Um, yeah, obviously great win over Rutgers, which, yeah, that was fun. But, uh, I mean, the big one came on Sunday. It was good. Uh, MSU going down to Ann Arbor and beating rival Michigan, uh, who pulled out all of the stops. 
which we'll dive into in a little bit. We do like to keep things in chronological order here on the only podcast. Good. So um, I want to talk Buckers. Yeah, so we're going to start with this win against Buckers and continue burying the lead. All right, so uh, rough first half, won't not, lie. Not great. Have you ever seen the video of that really hyped kid in high school? That I'm not going to lie. I'm not. They, they had, had us. us. <laughs> they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. That was us. Like, yeah. And yeah. then I like we, you know, we won by eleven. And for like, I pretended the first half didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm walking around my place like, oh yeah. You know, like who's got next? Yeah, who's you know, got next? yeah. I was a little nervous. Oh, I, I was lie. I was very nervous. They had me. They, they had got us. us in they the had first us half. in the first half. Yeah. I mean, just just a bit of a rock fight. You could tell. I don't think anybody's that. Su- I mean, I'm, I'm I was surprised at how it, we got down by almost double digits at one point. Oh but, yeah. Um, you could tell it was Michigan State, tr- you know, transitioning to life without Nick Ward. They're really struggling to find a second scorer, uh, aside from mm-hmm. Cassius Winston. Struggling with Rutgers' size, which we talked about last week, was the gonna gonna be an issue. Um, and it, it just stuck with them in the first half. Ended up going down into the half, only only down seven. Mm-hmm. And I say it like that because it could have been much worse. Uh, second half, completely different story. MSU comes out and outscores them forty-six to twenty-eight. Um, with what I think could sneaky be a maybe not even sneakily, um, I think could be a a defining moment in Michigan State's season. Mm. They're now forty to thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know, probably fourteen, thirteen minutes left in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, again, still you know kept kind of cutting the cutting into the lead. They'd been down. They got down only three, and then it was seven, and it was five, and it was seven, and then they sort of they fought back to three, going down the floor. Um, Michigan State got four offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. four. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And then found Matt McQuaid for uh, a game tying three, and the Breslin got as loud as you've heard it all, all year, maybe all time. I mean, it was deafening on TV. Uh, those of you who were there obviously know better than we do, but. Um, you know, huge shot. And then from there on out, you know, it was tied at 40. I got to say that was maybe, it was the best Izzo um, fist pump of the year. Oh, yeah. Easily. If we're Big ranking punch. them. If we're ranking, that was a haymaker. Yeah, that was a knockout blow. Okay. And uh, the reactions on the bench are just beautiful each time. Yeah. Oh, these yeah. Guys, you know, they play to the to their strengths. On the end of the bench, they celebrate well. Um, my favorite is always Gabe Brown. He's gonna pop a blood vessel in his head. I love him. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was pretty amazing. Four offensive rebounds, like you said. I, I think I lost a year of my life on that possession. Yeah, it was incredibly stressful, and we're really getting down to it. We're almost in March, and every game's starting to feel like that now. Um, but I, I think that just showed so much character about this team, and I think that's one thing that this week as a whole showed is that this team and this this entire season really they fight man they might not be this might not this isn't the most talented michigan state team we've ever had last year's was the most talented michigan state team we've ever had this but they fight and they fight for each other they fight every single possession and you know they get sloppy from time to time but you know on that possession it was like okay we are here we're going to grind this out we're going to make this shot and then you know they coasted more or less coasted the rest of the game i think they went on a 31 to 20 run and, and really Rutgers only closed it to 11 by kind of going on a mini spurt of their own at the end. But, um, you know, another, another great game from Cassius Winston. He only did go eight of 17 from the floor, only hit th- three of his eight threes, but finishes with 28, eight assists and five rebounds. Uh, huge game from Xavier Tillman. You know, mm-hmm. I think that is probably the biggest takeaway the from, from this one. Yeah. Not even Cassius. Um, it's that, you know, we talked about it last week 
everybody was talking about it. Xavier Tillman, you know, was the obvious replacement for, for Nick Ward. And, and we had said, you know, he's a guy – I came out last week and I said, I don't think I'm as worried about Tillman replacing Ward's minutes. I'm not that worried about that. It's more of backfilling mm-hmm. Tillman's minutes with guys like Thomas Kithier or Marcus Bingham. We'll talk about them in a second. Tillman came out and did a an absolutely excellent job in this game against a lot of big, big men. Finishes with 19-10, um, three offensive boards, a, a steal and a block. Only two personal fouls, which is actually pretty amazing considering Cleaned the size he's going against. Cleaned it up. Um, I thought he – and he played 33 minutes. Now, that's something specifically that you had mentioned you weren't sure he was going to be able to do. He did, he did that. He proved that that is um, – going to be the standard until future notice because it wasn't just a one-game thing. Um, additionally, kind of had a worst-case scenario in the first half. I think we talked about last week in the preview that, you know, Geo Baker, if he cooks, mm-hmm. they're in a game. Geo yep. Baker uh, did cook in the first half and then, um, you know, kind of died off there at the end. And, and the, big, the the surprise was, you know, despite MSU uh, issues with – you know, Langford and now Ward out, they went 10 deep yeah. at home. Um, that was encouraging. And, and uh, I think I think the biggest takeaway from going 10 deep is even if it's only a couple minutes from each person um, and everyone, and Goins, McQuaid, Tillman, and Winston all played 30-plus, uh, you, you almost like you saved a couple minutes for the Michigan game. Right. You know, that you, yeah. that those guys could go, and Winston did go the distance in the next one. The big scary thing from this one was Kyle Lawrence got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, again. Again. Um, and I'm just going to PSA for everyone. Hey, Kyle, chill. Yeah. We're up on, we're up double digits on Rutgers. You don't need... There's like four minutes left. Yeah. yeah. Coast, bud. We're good. C- cruise control that. It's part, it's part of what you love about Kyle Lawrence. Yeah. It's been interesting because this is easily the most exposure he's gotten. Mm-hmm over the course of any given season, like it's, he's finally healthy. And uh, one thing you love about him is plays with abandon. he plays with reckless abandon. He throws his body around. I love now, it. if his body wasn't something that broke a lot, I'd be okay with that. And or if we he was the ninth man like he yeah. was at the beginning of the year. Right. Sure. Yeah. But, he, I mean, that drive was just, you know, with a bad back was unnecessary, uh, <laughs> to put it lightly. But Well, he's feeling it. He is. He knows now. He knows. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, he was feeling – you could tell he came out, and we'll talk about this obviously in a minute, but he came out of the Michigan game and got, like, treatment at halftime and then came back and played in the second half on his back. Legitimately looks like me when I play pickup. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm seizing. Folks. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good. Uh, Yeah. uh, But, again, a great game. Ten solid minutes from Thomas Kithier, who, to me, uh, you know, we've had a lot of really – a lot. Cassius Winston included in this statement, by the way, a lot of really pleasant surprises on this year's team. Yes. The maturation, I mean, literally go up and down the entire roster. Uh-huh. There's nobody aside from maybe Nick Ward that isn't a pleasant surprise. You can't say you expected this level of competency and production out of anybody, can I, truly, without maybe Nick Ward. I, I can say, and it pains me to say it, and I almost don't even want to say it. It's I'll too late it. now. I don't... I don't want to even use the a negative word. I thought I might get a touch more from Mr. Lawyer this year. Oh yeah, you're way underselling that. That's all I'm gonna say. We both talk. Negative. I don't want to be negative. So we gotta. Gonna... Hey, hand up. When we do the season recap, we will own up to our our rights. I just want to put that negative energy in the world right now. 
Yeah, no, it's a good point. So he swagged I've, out. Don't worry. Because I have such a positive thing to talk about here, and it's that on Sunday, University of Michigan, who definitely cares about this rivalry, as evidenced by every single thing that they threw out there. I mean, they threw everything in the kitchen sink at this rivalry game and lost by three possessions at home. Yeah. 77 to 70. Yeah, that's the positive stuff. So, yeah, Rutgers, okay, the bit's over. Uh, let's talk about the good stuff here. Michigan State went in to Ann Arbor and came away with the victory. Three-possession victory. Three-possession victory. Down Nick Ward, down Josh Langford. And with an iffy Kyle Arnes. With a, yeah, a sub-100% Kyle Arnes. Cash and Winston is your Big Ten Player of the Year until further notice. If Cassius Winston is not your Big Ten Player of the Year at the end of this, someone went absolutely so, something went terribly wrong, or something went terribly right for another player. Like one other player. Yeah, that's there's only one. Right. Yeah, and it's Carson Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sorry, you don't see you don't see two for nineteen stinkers out of out of Cassius Winston. Mm-mm. You see some out of the other guy though, yeah. but. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. No, I was just going to say, first, before we even talk about specifics, um, like you said, shout out to Michigan. They admitted they care. I know that's really hard for them to do mm-hmm. because they don't like uh, to, to let Michigan State think that we matter to them. They did the yellow out. Right. They got the, yellow all yep. over the place. There was a bunch of yellow. They, Crazy amount of yellow. They, they um, brought back the 89 championship team. Interesting. Uh, Steve Fisher was yeah. there. Yeah. I thought they parted on, how would I call them, testy terms? Yeah. I think things are okay now. Yeah, they've, I think, feel as though they've washed over. Well, I guess there was no, there are no banners on the ceilings to remind them of anything that he yeah. had done. He, maybe they didn't know he was there. Fair. They didn't invite him. And he just showed up and they're like, oh, that's just an old guy. Right. I, 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 I'm, he did win the 89 championship. I'll mm-hmm. That's okay. why they were celebrating. However, right. <laughs> I like to remind all of my friends that the Fab Five never won the Big Ten Conference. And um, people forget. People do forget that sometimes. So first of all, shout out to Michigan oh. for finally admitting And they that did we the matter. most Michigan thing ever. I uh, actually didn't believe it. The biggest gun you could pull out. They honored the, the uh Recruiting class of the of the year? Yeah. Or recruiting class of the what is it? the number one rated football recruiting class in the Big Ten. Man. I mean, wow. Gotta do it. Holy smokes. And to do it against a team that values getting five and four stars so highly. Uh-huh. And is always boasting about the five and four stars that have had respect, that have had success what coming a from weird their program. Thing. And no, it, it's not a weird thing. No, it's not a weird it's thing. It's super weird. No, it's to do that. it's it's a crazy it's either the most genius act of self-awareness of all time or the most brazen lack of self-awareness of all time. There, it is in one of two places on the scale. There is no middle ground. It, it is everything. It's, it's so good. It's so <laughs> winning this game from everything outside of what it means in a basketball perspective to do it when they busted out every big gun. And rolled out a bunch of 18-year-olds because they were rated highly who have won nothing. 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 These kids have accomplished nothing. And you wonder why people think you're a bunch of arrogant words I don't want to say on this program. Dude. It's incredible. The lack. The... I either respect it so much from just like a, hey, let's just dive into this thing. I'm diving in head first off the 30th story. Like, that's it. 
or <laughs> I either respect it so much or I almost like begrudgingly am like, you know what? <laughs> if this is you, like you really don't know. Like you don't get it. But you don't get it, do you, Scott? <laughs> like that's how I feel about this. And I, I, I legitimately mean this. I mean this wholeheartedly. I've said this before on this program. I could not, I could not ask for a better rival than Michigan. It's true. Even when they beat Michigan State, it is, it's, there's the Darren Ravel tweet. I feel bad, but this is tremendous content because it is, (laughs) it's, it's it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And it makes beating them so good. After the game, you and I Uh saw non-ironic uh-huh. Completely serious. Uh-huh. Fire John Beeline. <laughs> Are you joking? Like, this is incredible. It's 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 every stereotype, every joke you say. When it's all real. When it's all so painfully real, and I love it. Austin, you can't parody a parody. You can't. No, that's the perfect way to put it. Like, the best part is... It's beyond parody. It's so good because Blossom, in that, they did the 30-year reunion with a team that that won. They won it all. Mm. You should celebrate them. Good on them. And then to not be self-aware enough to be like, we're celebrating a team that won. And bring out these teenagers. Bring out these kids. Literally never played a game. Yeah. And pat them on the back for that. And then there are people. Then you have people think you're going to be good. Get out here. And then there are the Wallabies on on Twitter who are defending this and being like, "Oh, is that so bad that we're honoring student athletes?" And I'm going to say, "I'm going to wait." I said, "Can I stop you right there? You're what are you honoring? Right. I don't. I don't know. Nothing to honor." And that's cool, and like that's great that they were really, really good yeah. in high school. But that's cool. That is it. But that's it to date. That I is can't it. wait to look back at the kids that were on this floor, like to see the picture, you uh-huh. know, the banner of them uh-huh. in four years How or many whatever. Are still there. I was just gonna say that. I was like, he's at UConn. He's at Old Miss. He's <laughs> at Stanford. Like these. Kids, I don't know. Michigan has a bit of a reputation on the football field for letting guys. Uh, it was amazing. We haven't even gotten into the. Game. No, but that's we have to set the stage. Oh, we have because it was too perfect, and and that's all the hey because we won this is great. I mean, like I just that's I re- funny regardless. It's, it's funny regardless, but like now to talk about it, it just makes it so much better. But to set the stage in a, in from the Michigan State point of view, like you and I talked about it, neither of us were overly optimistic going into this game. Yeah, I mean Michigan is a good team, an objectively good sure. basketball team. They've been ranked in the top 10, you know, after their initial surge at the beginning of the year, they went from kind of, you know, lower part of the teens to the top 10. They've been there ever since. Say what you want about polls. They have been universally regarded as a good team in the Big Ten all year. They've been near the top of the Big Ten standings uh, since we, you know, kicked off conference season. They've consistently beaten good teams. They've lost a couple they shouldn't lose, but hey, who, whom among us? Whomst among us hasn't done that? Um... And so, so, and this is the with everything on the line, with first place in the Big Ten on the line, mm-hmm. um, at home, a place Michigan State hasn't won in. Uh, I mean, Michigan had a twenty-something game conference home winning streak coming into this one. You know, this, the odds were stacked against Michigan State again. Down yeah. Nick Ward. Um, really, when you looked at this game from a personnel perspective, one of the big areas where I, we thought MSU would miss Ward was. You didn't have a like an elite post scorer, I should say, 
to exploit Michigan's lack of front court depth. And you saw that manifest, not the Michigan State side of it necessarily, you saw it manifest itself for U of M, where when Teske came out, mm-hmm. that there was nobody else to go in, even as just like a big with size. I mean, they really didn't, they kind of moved Brasdakis to the five, yeah, they, and they that was it. They didn't touch uh, Austin Davis, and they didn't touch yep. Chris Castleton. And, and, and you know what's weird is they had such an advantage with Teske, um, just in his size, even against Tillman, and yet... Their offense was cleaner when they went five wide iso ball. Oh yeah, it was, and which is, it's almost they were stuck in a little bit of an Ethan Happ type situation where you're like, he is an advantage. We need to play our advantage, but weirdly, we're taking our advantage away. But his advantage, I mean, that's never how Beeline has played sure. at Michigan. That's just not how his system has ever worked, and I think it really handicapped them in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, on top of all of that, like I I think the theme of this game was and was a really nice thing to see as a Michigan State fan. The first time in a couple years, I mean probably like a good three or four years, that Tom Izzo got the better of John Beeline. Yeah. John Beeline has consistently consistently coached circles around Tom Izzo in, the, in the recent past. That's I mean true. Izzo still has a winning record yeah, against yeah, yeah. him. Hall of Fame coach, all that good stuff. Both of them are. Both of them are. You're talking about, seriously, I think probably two of the five, seven best coaches in America. So it's an elite matchup. Yeah. Yeah. But Izzo Izzo won this one. I think he played as big a part as anybody else in the winning of this game. And people were kind of getting chirpy about it. People were worrying a little bit about it early on. And I think the biggest adjustment that that, that Izzo made was going under every screen. Defensively, forcing Michigan's hand. One of the things we knew about them from an offensive standpoint is that they're, there's no great shooters on this team. There are guys who could shoot. Guys can get hot. There are guys who can get hot, especially like Jordan Poole can get as hot as anybody. Yep. But they are their best players are streaky shooters. They don't have a consistent guy who's going to come out and blow you out of the water. Yeah. And you, know, you saw that sort of manifest itself in this game where Michigan State is – saying, hey, it's like they did with Ethan Happ, where they're like, we're going to let Ethan Happ beat us. If he beats us, go ahead. We're going to shut down everything else. With this game, it was like, if you guys are going to drain threes, hey, that that's what's going to happen, and we're going to play the odds. We, we, t- we, we talked about it last week. They walked in uh, 155th in the country in three-point shooting, 34.5%. Yeah. Take that, plus add in uh, the Aaron Henry, Matt McQuaid uh, wing defense Absolutely. that we've seen game after game make three-point shooting very difficult for opponents. And what do you get? A nice little formula of 7 for 26 shooting 27, 26.9%. I mean, it was going to happen. I mean, and you can even say about this one, two of those seven were last-second throw-ups sure. by Jordan Poole. So really, you're talking about, for all intents and purposes, five of 24 from the field. I mean, from, from beyond three. For a, for a program... That has had some historic three-point, sh- I yeah. mean, some incredible three-point shooters mm-hmm. uh, that have killed Michigan State, mm-hmm. and whose offense, John Beeline's offense, operates at its peak mm-hmm. when they have those shooters. I think the way they've compensated for it as a program, especially over the last, call it two years now, is they've become a very good defensive unit. Now, that's that wasn't enough. In this game, you can't go. You can't shoot less than forty percent from the field against Michigan State and expect to win. Well, and that's why we talked about, you know, with Teske almost not getting his. If you know you can't shoot, right, 
then you need to either spread out and dribble drive us, which was working, but yep. it doesn't work well when you have you, you muddle it up with Teske in there, yep. and, and he's not an alley-oop guy. You know, it, it's not as easy, and, and you allow Xavier Tillman to help. And, and so that's what ended up happening. And, and I think the, the two pieces were so um, maybe we didn't see, it wasn't as obvious, but it was a huge change in the reason that Michigan State won. Number one, Charles Matthews was a no-show. Absolutely. One for eight, um, and, and he played 28 minutes and uh, had four points. Two yeah. of them at the line and no rebounds. Yeah. You can't have your best athlete mm-hmm. have no rebounds. You can't do it. And this kid just didn't show up. Well, and the fact that he was guarding either Matt McQuaid or Kenny Goins for most of this game, and those guys combined for 29 points. You, you can't have that from your senior. No. And and that's what they got. The other piece was Michigan has no depth. None. The only kid that they can bring off the bench that has any type of substantial impact on a game from a positive standpoint is Isaiah Levers. Beyond that, beyond that, you they only played, um, they only got 14 minutes outside of Livers from the bench. Brandon Johns Jr., not ready. He played two minutes. David DeJulius, Four minutes, not ready. And then Eli Brooks was un- unfortunate. He was way over his Yeah, he was a, he was a neg- casualty. He was yeah. a negative, and he played eight minutes. And when you, you, when you can only look at one guy to come off the bench, it's, that's tough. And Michigan State, despite having two of their starters hurt, they got they got production. Well, and and, and it's, it's not that it's just one. And, it's and not that, only that it's one guy. It's like that guy... None of the four players you just listed are going to go mix it up. And when I say production, it doesn't always have to be from points. You had Kyle Arns, who was a no-show offensively, who played fantastically. Just just, just as being a, not even a net neutral, just, just having another guy that was confident in the moment. You had Michigan guys that were not confident. Right. They didn't want to be there. This was too big. It was not too big for Kyle. Gabe Brown gave you net neutral five minutes. Didn't die in the spotlight. That's all you can ask. And then Thomas Kithier gave us 11 delightful minutes. Once again, once again, just Thomas Kithier, if he isn't already, is, if he isn't one of your favorite players, he's one of my favorite players. He's a pod fave. Because he's, because you just need a guy like that. It's unfortunate that he has to play the minutes he has to play right now, Mm -hmm. but it, but it's like finding this on your bench from a guy that we openly thought should redshirt. I wasn't yeah. sure was going to be ready next year. Yeah. He did not play basketball last year. It's true. And he doesn't – I just – what I respect so much about him is that he doesn't try to do anything more than he needs to do. And in this game, that's all he had to do. They had, Michigan had three guys who didn't want to play, and Michigan State had three guys who were ready for it. And that was the difference. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, all things equal, we had Cassius Winston, and who was the best player on the floor, indisputably, and is – made his mark for not just Big Ten Player of the Year, but as a bona fide first team All American. It's on the board. I, I don't know I don't know where you're gonna find five better players. That's what I mean. Uh, I really don't. It's on the board and and it's his I would say his to lose. Or his to fall out at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And and when you have that plus everyone else playing at what did we say last year I think it was you got a lot, a little from a lot of people. Yeah, we did. Well, you got, you, you got more than a little from a lot of people well, you too. Got, and it was the Kenny Goins first half. 
Uh, I mean, absolutely. Kenny Goins, I, I was saying it before, I would kill for Kenny Goins at this point. Like, Kenny Goins, yes, I'll always remember him. He shot too many shots in totally this. He took as many shots as Cassius did in this game. He took nine threes. But what he did was so important in this game. I mean, he drilled those open threes in big moments in that mm-hmm. first half. And that first half, you needed, it. Well, you needed it. I mean, you had to just go in. You didn't even have to go in up at the half in this mm-hmm. game. I think I was sitting there saying, if they can just beat, I said at the beginning of the game, like, they can be down five at half, six, three possessions, two possessions, sorry. Like, you got to feel okay. Because this team's performed big in second halves mm-hmm. all year. Mm-hmm. In tough situations. Right. On the road. Uh, against hostile crowds and against good teams. And they came out and and set the tone in that first half. And ultimately, those threes that he made proved to be enormous because, again, credit to Michigan, they came out at the beginning of the second half and threw a, threw a big punch. Threw a big punch. Got Went from down two to up six. Um, capped off by an yep. I- Iggy Bradzakis dunk on the baseline, which... I want to talk about what happened after that, but I do want to quickly jump back to to what I was surprised by in this game, and I think it kind of speaks to what happened down the stretch. Iggy Bradzakis was kind of the only one who was sort of cooking in this game up to that point. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that this offense didn't – there was no counterpunch. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like I said, I think Izzo deserves a lot of credit for playing really the perfect defensive scheme in this game. But – I was surprised that Michigan... John Beeline's a great coach, and they didn't change what they did. Mm -hmm. They didn't start focusing on one player. Um, If anything, they gave Jordan Poole too much leeway, and he started launching terrible threes. Talk about a player who, to the moment, was too big for. No, no, you know that's hero ball. We talked about it. No, I'm just saying, he he was not ready for this moment either. I I think he wanted it to be his moment, and it just didn't happen. But that says the same thing to me. Okay. It's a player who, mature-wise, is not ready to handle this moment and handle this load and be this person for his team because he hurt his team multiple times down the stretch. He did. And Brezdakis was missing some shots down the stretch, but, like, to that point, he was the only one that had been doing anything consistently. He was getting offensive rebounds. He was driving the lane. He was finishing in traffic. You know that dunk felt like you know everyone. You felt everybody clench a little bit. Down six. Yeah, you're kind of like okay, this this okay, calm down. But after that, Brezdakis goes completely cold. One of six from the field. O of three from three. Misses his only free throw attempt. Only has two rebounds and has four fouls from then on out. And that's a, and that's two free throws missed because it was the front end of a one and one. Yeah, it's uh, so brutal. It's brutal, and and you can't you can't have it. And you, you cannot. Know, you know what? Not when you don't have depth. When you don't have depth, and you don't have a guy. Right. Jordan Poole wants to be a guy, not the guy. He's not that guy. Iggy Brazdakis disappears. You know, tip your hat to Kenny Goins. Absolutely. And then, and then you look around. Xavier Simpson played a hell of a game. He did. Like he's not your guy. Who and then now Charles Matthews going one of eight. And that's, that's your problem. Right. That's it, boys. Right. That's it. But that's the problem. Like this is this is a good team. Mm-hmm. And I made the parallel sure. before when we were talking. This team reminds me of Michigan football. It's like they're better than the teams they're better than. They're not better than the other teams. Like and it's very cut and dry. Like there's not they're not gonna pop up and surprise great teams. They're not gonna lose many bad games, although we've seen it. I think this team's offense is a very, very real Achilles heel. And they will be bailed out because their defense was very strong. Very we, strong. We just had in this game uh, the fortune, 
to be fortunate enough to have a wizard with the ball and Cassius Winston. I, I mean, again, you, you, his his stat line, I can't talk about it enough. Most important stat for me, played 40 minutes. Went wire <laughs> to wire. Yeah. Wire to wire. And and didn't and, and that was not an easy 40 minutes. No, not against okay? Xavier Simpson. And the biggest part about those 40 minutes for me is that he made every free throw down the stretch. Yep. No, no legs. I mean, that's when your legs are out, right? Right. Every clutch free throw, put put them at arm's length the, at the entire end of the game. He had 27 points, 8 assists, and only 3 turnovers, and the team had a season low of 6. Huge, huge, huge point there. Unbelievable. Down the stretch recently in games, this team has not been turning the ball over very much. It's true. It's almost like Josh Langford and Nick Ward turned the ball over a lot. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not saying I would kill that both of them back right now. I'm just saying. But um, Cassius, again, I think one of his – I don't know if this is his maestro. I don't know if this is his you know masterpiece yet. He doesn't think it is. I, I, yeah. He was quoted as saying Right. That. I mean, he didn't make a three. But, yep. I, I mean, this is a non-insignificant – this is a significant – supposing you followed it up. I mean, there's a long ways to go here. But, like, as of today right now, this is a huge moment – in his career. Absolutely. I mean, he overcame really the only nemesis that he had had. Yeah, that's period. put to bed. Now, that, that is all the way put to bed. And that's not to say Xavier Simpson can't come out and, and hold him to 15 in the next yep. game at all. But I rarely I rarely give Michigan players credit because that's not what we do on this podcast. No. Xavier Simpson had a nice game. and he And he did exactly what Michigan State wanted him to do. Shoot from deep. Right, and I think letting him shoot and him – interesting take here. He made two threes early in the first half, mm-hmm. and I, I think long-term that really paid off for him to shoot because he ended up taking seven. That's right. And you don't take seven threes because he's a smart player. Yep. You probably don't end up taking five more mm-hmm. if you don't feel good about hitting those first two. That's and fair. ultimately, Michigan State is going to be if – you, if your possession ends in a Xavier Simpson three – that's a win for MSU. And if you play a game against them and he ends up leading his team in shot attempts, that's a huge win. You know what's surprising is that Michigan State won this game by three possessions and went five of 20 from three and Cassius didn't hit one. Didn't it's even, surprising. did not shoot well. Really didn't. Really, no, nobody, I mean, well, Kenny hit three, McQuaid hit two. Those were all, it was more that the shots were well-timed. Well, and, and also we were extremely efficient. I feel like Xavier Tillman was given dunks. Because of Cash's ability open. ability to create them for him, right? Um, and then I guess if there was any bad to talk about this game was the moment may have been a little too big for Aaron Henry. Early. Early. I said that. I texted you that halfway through the game. I was like, this moment looked – because he just looked a little shaken. And we can yeah. see that in him from time to time. Uh, but I thought he really did a nice job down the stretch of locking up defensively because he was just kind of getting into silly, just making those silly freshman mistakes. And he, he jumped out and got that third quick. Yep. But he, he had hit two big free throws down the stretch right. to push the lead, I think, from four to six, mm-hmm. um, which is not insignificant Absolutely. in a game this closely contested. Didn't I think the one thing I loved out of him is he didn't push anything offensively. Like right. He didn't force anything. He only took three shots. You'd love to see him, and I, you know, in the future he'll be much more confident. But, you know, you, three shots, know your role in the offense. He knows that Goins, McQuaid, Tillman, and Winston are all better options than Arns when he's on the floor, too. Um, played his role nicely. Played really well defensively. I thought stepped up and, and 
came rose to the moment down the stretch. That's right. Um, and hopefully this can serve as a little springboard for him moving forward. Uh, I would say the only, uh, in terms of bad out of this game, you know, it's 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 tough to, f- I, I don't know, it's tough to find in this one. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, it's it's a difficult game to 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 nitpick. Aside, aside from really the, I think you're just about to say this, but execution at the very end, yep. not great. Yeah, you can't, almost gave me a heart attack. Can't do that. And, and I, you know, we it's not the first time we've said we've seen Michigan State struggle with end of game execution at Wisconsin. There was a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> in this one, um, you just need to, you need to be a little more confident and understand end of game situations and. and Better to take a five-second violation than to throw the ball away to a kid who can step up into in motion three like yep. Jordan Poole did. But you survive and you make sure it doesn't happen again. The last thing I want to talk about with this game before we talk about the implications of the win is that the, the environment in Ann Arbor was one of the, and if not the most hostile Michigan State has played to date. Okay? And the reason that it was not effective was twofold. One, uh, the coaches, Michigan State coaches, uh, named Cassius Winston a captain uh, leading up to the game. That um, you've just given complete autonomy to the most important player on the court. Not that he didn't already have that, but now you have you have gifted him mm-hmm. with that vote of confidence. And secondly, when you have uh, McQuaid uh, and Goins, who are seniors, who have played in Ann Arbor and won in mm-hmm. Ann Arbor um, a few years back. These things don't necessarily affect you anymore. You've seen and you've, you've won this way before. And so when you have three upperclassmen and two seniors who are huddling up your Aaron Henrys, your Xavier Tillmans, your Gabe Browns, and your Thomas Kithiers, um, and even Kyle Arntz, who hasn't played in a ton of these big games, you have three people at each moment that could be volatile and go the other way saying we're fine we're fine we're right. fine and you saw them huddle up after every single dead ball reminding themselves we're fine yeah and it was true and they took care of it and that type of calming influence is going to pay dividends not just in the next few games but ideally in the tournament. I mean, I would say I, th- I think that a huge part of that too comes not only from being upperclassmen, but for the underclassmen and even the fr- and the freshmen. Look at the schedule and the places that Michigan State has played at mm-hmm. this year. Now they haven't won all these games. We're talking about at Louisville, talking about at Florida, at Ohio State, at ne- Nebraska, a place where things get real loud. At Iowa, at Purdue, uh, at Wisconsin, at Michigan. I mean. Well, and you've also there's a lot of big then, wins in there, and then um, and tough places to play. These big these big games at the beginning of the season in neutral environments yep. that are fulfilled that are um, basically uh, simulating a March Madness game because they are in a huge arena mm-hmm. um, with a neutral-ish crowd that's going to can be very loud. Those types of experiences get you ready for games like this mm-hmm. and give you the confidence to win them. We've seen a Michigan team and their uh and they can always turn it around, but you take a look at their schedule, right? And you say, "Wow, this team can get a little rattled." You know, since their really strong non-con performance, this team has really struggled when 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 given adversity. 
losing on the road at Wisconsin, losing at the on the road at Iowa, losing on the road at Penn State. I mean, where are you seeing in a non-home where everything is really safe and warm and cuddly and helpful? They're really not able to handle a punch. And in this environment, the crowd wasn't enough. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, you can go all the way back to November. I mean, they won at Villanova, obviously an impressive win. Yep. But I mean, from then to now, I mean, that's a long time. These are different. In most cases, these are different teams at this point. So it's hard to look back at that and say, even if you're a player, truly, you've got, if you're really looking back, you're not looking at that game and thinking, oh, we did that three months ago before Thanksgiving and being like, that's our rock that we're going to cling to to get us through right now. Like in the Big Ten, I mean, their biggest road win is uh, at Indy. Honestly, it's at Indiana yep. or at Minnesota. And, and this is not us like Trash. BSing or trashing them or anything like that. But truly, they're – Big road opportunities have been at Wisconsin, where they lost, at Iowa, where they lost, and then I mean I wouldn't even count Penn State as a. Well, big, they just dropped. They it. just lost that game. Now they've been really good at home until this. So, and if you look at their last remaining three games, which kind of transition us into talking about the Big Ten, the Big Ten in general, and the race coming down the stretch, Michigan losing this game, which again I think really speaks to how amazing it is that MSU went in and won given the stakes. They close out with a difficult stretch they have nebraska at home this thursday oh oh, sorry go ahead a team that needs to win Uh, yeah and maybe that you would say they're off the bubble but they're right back on it with a win at michigan 100 percent. and then at maryland hey you guys know how i feel about college park good luck and then obviously at east lansing which and hey maybe they turn it around and win all three right now today based on what we've seen it's tall order uh yeah and, and again it's not to say they can't do it this isn't the Michigan podcast, though. But John, I mean, John Beeline's a great coach. But that's you win those three games. I'll say it this way: you win those three games, you deserve to win the Big Ten. My opinion. Yeah. Hey. Well, Purdue's going to have something to say about that. Purdue will very, very much have something to say about that, as will Michigan State. So let's jump into uh, you know the implications right before we talk about uh, the Big Ten title. But before that, the seeding update. With that win. Uh, Michigan State flies up the bracket matrix chart to the, the highest number two seed. And again, for a quick reminder, bracket matrix compiles every single bracketologist um, bracket and gives an average for each team. Um, like I mentioned, MSU all the way up to the number two seed, fifth overall, now has 14 quadrant one and quadrant two wins combined. That's second most in the country behind uh, Duke and Michigan, who have 15. Uh, Michigan State has 11 Quadrant 1 wins. That's most in the country. The second most in the entire country have nine. Michigan State has two more Quadrant 1 teams than any other team in the country. And finally, uh, Michigan State has five Quadrant 1A wins, which are the best Quadrant 1 wins, um, which is good for third most in the country. So uh, the the resume is fantastic and still opportunities to improve it um, with three games to go. Um, That said... Uh, let's take a look back at the Big Ten uh, games of the week and national games of the week and see um, w- which will lead in nicely to the odds to share the Big Ten title. Mm-hmm. So earlier in the week, Purdue went to add Indiana, and you mentioned a rock fight, us against Rockers. No, no, this was a rock fight. This wasn't even a rock fight. This is like a mud fight. 48-46 to 46, um, home loss for Indiana. Purdue goes on the road. It's a really important game because – 
Purdue just does not have any many difficult games left on the schedule. Romeo Langford uh, got sick during the game, was apparently throwing up on the sideline. It was pretty gross. Hmm. You know uh, who else was throwing up and what was grosser? Carson Edwards. Oh, talk about it. 4 of 24 from the field in this game, including 0 of 10 from 3. Not my Big Ten player Not my of the Big year. Ten player of the year. Carson Edwards, incredibly talented player. Obviously, you know, averaging 23 points a game. Hard not to be impressed with that. But you saw it against MSU in a lot of in both games they played. He just he chucks. You want to ho- absolutely chucks. You want a hot take? Yes. Like take pretty me. spicy. Take me there. In the past six games, he's thirty five of one hundred and fifteen from the field and ten of fifty six from three. That's bad. They're winning despite him. They're lucky they're Grady, playing bad teams. Grady Eifert and Ryan Klein are playing very very. Very well. Well above what you would have expected from them. Now And no no gel Eastern. Let's microscope let's take that microscope a little a little closer. Let's look at their last two games where he is seven seven of forty from the field. Mm. And one mm. of twenty from three. Mm. I'm not a math guy. Okay. I don't think those are good numbers. They're not. Okay. Confirmed. Confirmed. So that's just north of 20% from the field and uh, 5% from three. Right? Am I doing math? Yeah. Yep. Math. Let's go. Um, so, yeah. He's he's not an official. I think that's that's why they keep getting into these weirdly close games. Like, they are – he alone is probably enough to win them their last – we talk about their last four. But, like, they're not smoking these teams that they're beating. No. I mean, in their la- their last four games, they've lost at Maryland by 14, mm-hmm. beat Penn State by 12. Great. I mean, who loses to Penn State, right? Yeah. Uh, on the road, beat Nebraska by three. Or excuse me, on the road, beat Indiana by two and scored 48 points. And then on the road, beat Nebraska by three and scored 75. Obviously, that's better. Their schedule the rest of the way is not overly difficult. Mm-hmm. It's home against Illinois, home against Ohio State, at Minnesota, and they finish at Northwestern. If he's going to play like that, you're not going to convince me that these are four locked-up wins. Yes, you're right. I mean, you're, he's certainly giving the other teams a chance. And, and again, like you said, the supporting cast is nothing to really write home about. And, again, I, I look at this. They are so lucky that they're not playing good teams down the stretch of this season. And it makes me think that if they get to the Big Ten tournament, they're the most likely high seed to just get smoked. Mm. I can they're, they're very high variance to me because if Carson Edwards, instead of going one for 10 from deep, goes eight for 10, they're yeah. winning these games by 18, Absolutely. you know, and Absolutely. instead of two, 48 points in a game is was, not a lot. It was tough to watch. Yeah, of course. See, John watched. Yeah. Uh, Maryland at Iowa. So the, this was a great game because Iowa had won previously two straight buzzer beaters to win. They had a they had a shot to win this one at the buzzer too. It would have been pretty crazy, but you know they missed it, which obviously means they didn't get enough calls or something. They had to wait until what Saturday to beat Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, national games of the week. Some big ones. Yeah, some real big ones last some, week. We talked about that. It was a loaded slate. North Carolina at Duke. I, the shoe blowout heard around the world. Yeah, that's right. Zion uh, injured until further notice. Yeah. Okay, let's let's do this. We'll do the conversation everyone's doing. If you're Zion Williamson, do you come back? 
if I'm Zion Williamson, I really, the person, he really likes college. Mm -hmm. He will come back. If I'm Zion Williamson, like the business person, yeah. no. No, absolutely but, not. But to each their own. He will. He'll come I, back. I'm pretty convinced he'll Some come people back. just, and that's cool, like whatever you want. I, I wouldn't want you yeah. to if I were like your family member. He's probably getting paid in installments, so Coach K is <laughs> threatening to keep that last bag until he suits up again. So, uh, And of course he's going to want to wear the shirts. Coach K doesn't let him wear the shirts if they don't play. No. Um, yeah, I... I I'm really excited for the rematch yeah. because I hope Zion plays. Oh, I mean, do. they seem to think he'll be back like next week. Like it's hope just a so. knee sprain, but um, UNC, give him credit. Like I, I give, I hate doing this, but I give Duke a little bit of a break for that one because yeah. it's not like Michigan state getting days to for it. Exactly. And for it to be him, I think with yeah. Barrett out, it's a little different. Barrett just, or Reddish getting hurt. You can recover from that. That changes your mindset. You're like, uh, yeah, because you're starting to think about beyond Today's you're like yeah, it'll that'll mess you up you, like, with all that hype too, and then you're like, oh man, it's distracting. Obama's here. Um, <laughs> Saturday was a big day. Yeah, Virginia went yeah. to Louisville. Won. Virginia continues to be very, very good. Yep. We talk about it each podcast. They're only going to lose four times this year, shaping up that way. And they're all to do. All to do. That's real shame. Tennessee. Hmm. hmm. Hello. Hmm. Hey, friends. I happen to recall saying this uh-huh. a few weeks ago. Oh. LSU's not bad. They're not. And now they have beaten uh-huh. Kentucky and Tennessee. LSU in the driver's seat. I'm just saying. In the driver's the seat. Fighting for the fighting coach Can we talk about out of no, like literally from last week to this week, LSU First place. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the party, fellas. What? Yeah. What? They're scoring more points. Yeah, they're 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 much better than their football oh, counterparts. This crazy year. end of game scenario. Did you watch? They. Got, I didn't watch this one. No. Tennis. They they down two. LSU down two. Drives to the bucket. Miss offensive rebound. Miss offensive rebound. Put in. Tennessee inbounds them all. No timeout. Ten seconds left. Dribbled on the court. Shoot a three with about four seconds left. Misses. Offensive or defensive rebound to LSU, who guy who turns to go up court, runs right into somebody who is running at him. Foul. Point oh, six no. seconds left. Free throws. Game over. Yikes. Can't lose that way. Uh, unless you're Georgia. And then you. Did you see that? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so bad. Georgia. If you didn't know, this is obviously not a game of the week, but they're playing Mississippi State, I think. And one of their fans with tie game, no like. Like 0.5 seconds left, somebody threw like a teddy bear or something onto mm-hmm. the floor, and they teed up Georgia as a team. Yep. Mississippi State goes to the line, makes a free throw, and wins. Yikes. Real bad. The Crom teens. Tough day. Uh, okay, so moving on. Florida State, um, with all 12 of their players, wasn't enough at <laughs> North Carolina. Uh, yeah. North Carolina, seemingly the real. Big week for North Carolina. When a lot of teams could have come out of this week having a big week, they were the one that really did it. Well, they and they could have had a letdown this game. You just right. beat one it was a at swing two. week. It of was course. a big swing week, and they won them both. So, shout out to Shout them. out to Roy. Getting it done. Duke goes into Syracuse, um, realized they have two other lottery picks, and yeah. pulls it out. Still not a Barrett guy. Uh, <laughs> you're the only one. That's fine. Kansas goes into Texas Tech, and Texas Tech wins by 30. All but all but putting Kansas's Big 12 15-year streak on life support. Oh, we can only hope. Unbelievable. And to lose, like, by 30? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, I love it. 
I'm, I'm enjoying the, the Kansas alleged downfall. I won't believe it's it. Not, this is one of those where it's like, yeah, they're down seven in the bottom of the ninth, but they're yeah. the friggin' Yankees, and they, they have just, all these big boppers. Like, they're not out till they're out. They're not out till they're out, and right now, um, playing Kansas State at home. <laughs> it's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> well, they can be right back in the picture with a win against the rivals. Yes. Um, and the last one, teams you don't want to see, Nevada um, loses one last week, but bounces back, wins against Fresno State. The reason I talk about Nevada is they're just sneaky good. They're ranked number... <laughs> I was going to say, sneaky good, and they're number but, seven in the country. Yeah, but no one's seen them play. Yeah. I mean, can you say, who's seen them play? Not since the tournament last year. Exactly. They're a good or team. Or maybe a preseason tournament this year, but that's about it. They're a good team. They're doing basically what you ask of them. They're winning games. Mm-hmm. And a team that you just don't, they're just, they're not great at a, yeah. one thing. They just are solid. Mm-hmm. And that's, he just, that's, a, that's a dangerous team in its own right when you have, when you have upperclassmen and a solid team, right? Yes. So um, that leads us to the odds to share the outright or uh, share the Big Ten title. As of today, uh, with the results from Sunday, Michigan State stands a 72.9% chance to share the Big Ten title and a 35.1% chance to win it outright. Purdue, 61.2% chance to share the title, 23.6% chance to win it outright. In Michigan, 11.8% chance to share the title and 1.2% chance to win it outright. Let's go back two weeks. Wow. To the 11th of February. Oh, yeah. Michigan State was sitting at third in these rankings. Mm-hmm. At only 25% chance to win it. Here we are. And now those odds have jumped up several percentage points. Now instead of being third, and it's... Not that the percentage points have jumped up that much, but you were looking at Purdue with a 57% chance to win it outright. Yep. And Michigan with a 52.7% chance to add it, to win it outright. And now, you know, Michigan's at 1.2 and Purdue's at 23.6, like you just said. Um, a lot of ball Pretty, games. a lot, yeah. Certainly a lot to still play down the stretch here, but uh, just kind of points to, you know, after losing those three tough games in a row, mm-hmm. you got... I mean, credit, huge, huge, huge amounts of credit to Michigan State. So uh, in our, this year week's edition of Things You Hate to See, mm. I'm starting to wonder if I've been dogging Iowa for last-second wins against Northwestern and Rutgers, and now Indiana, another one, uh, in overtime. Is is this a team of destiny? Is this just their thing? Can they just Are they doing this now? Or do I look at the teams they just beat, and you barely beat three really Stinky teams. Yeah. Could be that. It's it's one or the other. Stay tuned. Yeah. So the Big Ten games of the week. Uh, we're on full on watch for Purdue and Michigan games now. Illinois, Absolutely. Wednesday, Illinois travels to Purdue. And by the way, with Michigan State not playing until Saturday, kick back. Relax. Enjoy the week. Maybe find a little some time to watch a little chaos. Take up a hobby. I don't know what it could be. Read but, a book. Oh, books. Short book, uh-huh. but a, a book. Yeah. Or don't. If you live somewhere south of the Mason-Dixon, go for a walk. Maybe binge on uh, True Detective Season 3. Mm. Or something. It was quite good. Something. I enjoyed you it. You could get through it. Um, so, Thursday, Nebraska at Michigan. Again, we are going to, each with only three games remaining for uh, Michigan and four remaining for Purdue, each one counts. Those are really the big ones. I and mean, then, outside of that, there's some bubbly teams, but really, those are the games we're tracking this week. Saturday, Ohio State at Purdue. 
and uh, Sunday, Michigan at Maryland. Careful. Careful now. College Park. Careful. Yeah, I think those Saturday and Sunday games, I mean, Michigan obviously coming to East Lansing is going to be their toughest test. But um, Got to get there. Make it matter. Listen, I'm not... I am not counting Ohio State out at Purdue. Okay. By any stretch. Mm-hmm. Carson Edwards comes out and has a stinky game. <laughs> Listen, Ohio State is one of the only teams that can really, honestly, they match up well with Purdue outside of Carson Edwards. Like Purdue, also, Purdue doesn't throw a lot at you, but um, you know they've got plenty of weird swingmen. Mm-hmm. Luther Muhammad is a legitimately good. You def- love that guy. I do. I'm t- I'm on the Muhammad bandwagon, um, but I, I just I think that they stand a chance of going in there. Now, listen, they're they're not world beaters. Let's see how they've done recently. Um, Seventeen and ten, seventh in the Big Ten. You know, their last couple road. Yeah, actually, they are slumping hard. Um, last three loss against Illinois, but again, whom among us hasn't lost at Michigan State? How can we fault them for that? Uh, winning against Northwestern, good. And then a loss at Maryland again. How can we fault them for that? Big week for them, though, because they've got Iowa Tuesday, tomorrow. And then... They're playing for their tournament lives. Yeah. And Chris Holtman, you better watch it, bud. We have you on Chili. You mm. can get clammy if oh, you don't you wrap it up mm. here. You best look out. So national games of the week. Uh, Wait, Michigan and Maryland, though. Oh, we want to talk about Go ahead. Just briefly. Is this where the Michigan hopes die? I don't know. I don't know because they're pl- they are still playing for something. Um, this is also a game where the loser is in jeopardy of losing their top four seed in the Big Ten tournament and losing the double bye. Can I tell you that if all the favorites win out the remainder of the year, and that includes Maryland winning at home against Michigan, Michigan would be a five seed in the Big Ten tournament. That's rough. It's crazy. Real life, though. Welcome to it. So, I'm going to go to national games of the week here. Indeed, I do. Duke travels to Virginia Tech on Tuesday. Um, see how Duke continue if that's a Zion return game. Wednesday, Marquette uh, heads to Philadelphia to play Villanova. Revenge game for Nova. And Nova, skidding. Falling off. Honorable. Not in the top 25 anymore. Nope. But keeping it on watch. Zags head to St. Mary's. Saint, this is not your older brother's St. Mary's team. Not as good as in years past. Mahershala Ali's alum, uh, alma mater. You know he played basketball there? Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Oscars, baby. Okay. Topical. Yeah. And then Saturday, uh, the encore performance of Kentucky uh, and Tennessee. Who are we rooting for? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee? Yeah. Strategically? I don't know. I don't need... <laughs> Kentucky, they they've done fine. They're they've they don't need any help. I'm just saying if Tennessee wins, does that marginalize Kentucky enough where Michigan State could creep into that conversation? Or is it just all so, Do you even go there? I yet? don't. I don't because I'm I'm truly more worried about taking care of business in Bloomington than to very, worry about very that kind point. of stuff quite yet. Teams you don't want to play? Uh, I talked about it already. Nevada heads to Utah State. The reason I bring it up uh, is because Utah State is playing for their bubbly lives. Mm. Not so bad. And we, we beat them in football. We love the Aggies around Big Aggie parts. guys. Big yeah, Aggie Big Aggie guys. podcast. The other one uh, it's Saturday to watch is uh, UCF at Houston. The reason I bring that up is twofold. One, UCF has Taco Fall, 7-6. He's big. Still 
Need anything get off the top of your refrigerator from a high closet? He's your guy. He's your guy. Need your gutters done? He's your guy. Yeah. Uh, Don't even give him a rake. He'll just Houston, go in there with his hands. Houston, um, people forget, last year was very, very good. In very fact, good. In fact, they would argue that perhaps they had a national championship appearance taken from them by one Michigan Wolverine team who beat them by a Jordan Poole uh, shot at the buzzer. A little bit of a miraculous shot. People forget Michigan didn't play anyone outside of Houston to get to the, the national championship. Yeah, that was game. the highest seed they played the whole way. That is a fact. Number six seed Houston, I believe, in that. Uh, yep, number six or, seed. Or number no, there were six. There were six because Florida State was nine, Loyola was 11, uh, and they had beaten, if they were a three, they beat a 14 in round one. Okay. So, no, they, there was another team in there somewhere. Well, Houston was a six. Yeah, but then they beat somebody before they played Florida State. Got it. Either way. I think it was Texas A&M, actually. Either way. Yes, it was. And they were a seven. That's right. So the point here is that Houston is very good and um, better than last year. And they're worth watching. And a team Indeed. we don't want to play. The last plug I'm going to give is uh, today. I got an email, one of my favorite days, uh, from a competition called the Keeper of the Jerome. If you're unfamiliar with the Keeper of the Jerome, it's a really fun, free thing that you can do. All you need to do is uh, go to thejerome.com. They'll give you the rules uh, and give you the entry forms to be part of it. You basically pick a conference championship winner in every conference in the country, and you get points for doing it based on the seed that they get. The lower the seed, the more points you get, etc., etc. It's, again, no prize money. It is just a 1,000 or so people playing because we are all junkies. That's pretty much it. That is a fantastic name for a competition. The Keeper of the Jerome? Yeah. Send it in, Jerome. Oh. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill. Need me some more Bill Raftery in my life. So, um, that's what we got uh, for the national picture. Yeah. Upcoming game. Saturday. Yeah, again, uh, you have time to take up you know, knitting or something before this game kicks off. But, uh, yeah, like you said, heading to Bloomington, playing Assembly Hall, uh, Michigan State looking to avenge one of their three Big Ten losses on the year. Mm -hmm. uh, coincidentally, yeah. also the only game Indiana has won in their last 12 contests. Wow. That you need to, upsets me. You had to say it, huh? You have to say it. That's weird. It's, you didn't have to. I did. Okay. And I did. Okay. Well, it up, it upsets me. It should upset the good. players even more. You feel no, good. I feel quite bad, as a matter of fact. So let's talk about what happened last game. Juwan Morgan got hurt, didn't play in the second half, and yet we still blew it in overtime. Um, hey, here's a spin zone. If we don't lose this game or the Illinois game, maybe we don't win in Ann Arbor because we don't have uh, we haven't built it up enough. I like that spin zone. Okay, we're gonna take that and we're gonna use that loss to say it's never happening again. So, uh, Romeo Langford had 19 points on a 6-for-18 shooting. Um, the surprise for this game was uh, Durham had 14, which is a little out of sorts yep. for his average. And then Duran Davis um, was kind of a monster down low. Played 25 minutes at 12.6 boards. Um, Xavier Tillman's going to have his handful again with that guy. Yeah, I, th I think that is maybe the key matchup to this entire game. And I, I honestly, I think Deron Davis playing so much in this game really caught Michigan state off guard. Um, yeah. He had not played. He had been injured uh, before this. 
And um, I don't think MSU expected him to be playing 25 minutes um, in – and really just being as effective as he, as he was, he, he altered a lot of shots from Nick Ward uh, and really just generally played solid on both ends of the floor. And again, keeping your win for that long is, is impressive. Now, Michigan State once again faces a size disadvantage in this one, especially with Juwan Morgan getting ready to play a whole game. Morgan, Justin Smith, uh, Davis, Fitzner, uh, all these guys are, are pretty big um, in, you know, they, they, they will give Michigan State trouble one way or the other. Now, um, you know, like you said, I think you got some some performances that you know, were a little – the way we described it after this game happened was that it was sort of the perfect storm of things taking place against MSU. Um, you know, you have Cassius going 9 of 22 from the field, Ward going 5 of 12, McQuaid only getting three shots up. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting now in this one to see – you know, we talked about it with Michigan where it didn't seem like the home atmosphere was enough for them. You got to wonder mm-hmm. if maybe it is for Indiana. Maybe if they're – you got to wonder, A, if the crowd is going to be that into it. I mean, yeah. it is yeah. Assembly Hall, so I assume they will. But um, – and this is a huge game. It's top 10 opponent coming into play against you. You know, team that's number one in the conference, it's it's a big deal. Um, but, yet, you know, you just kind of got – Got to wonder if that's going to help maybe a young and experienced team that's looking for another win here. Um, I do sort of think that that MSU, if if Deron Davis is going to play 25, 30 minutes again, I'll be very interested to see if Michigan State takes an Ethan Happish approach okay. with him where they say, all right, if you're going to beat us, then that's okay. We're going to let you eat. We're going to let you get yours. Okay. But we are not going to let Romeo Langford beat us. We're not going to let Juwan Morgan beat us. Um, we're not going to let three-point shooters beat us. Now, Indiana, not a particularly good sh- three-point shooting oh, team. They're not good. They are awful. They are 324th in the country out of 351 teams. They shoot 30.8% from three. That's, 30.8. that's bad. That's very bad. So if you got to let them shoot. Yeah, okay, so maybe they don't do that. Let them shoot. Like, it's just, you're like, whatever. Weirdly, um, they are number one in the nation in a statistic that you can't really control. You ready? Uh, defensive free throw percentage. You can't defend it. Teams are Not shooting... Not with that attitude. <laughs> teams are shooting 63% on the season against Indiana. That's insane. How does that happen? And this is... That happened for Michigan State. Didn't Ward go something like one of nine in they, this game? Yeah. They're... They, they're doing something right. It's, yeah. it's almost like a luck statistic. It's uh, absolutely. It's like, uh, yeah, it's bad at balls in play. Um, it's, I mean, again, we. Uh, this is a game Michigan State should win. They have no offense. Their offense is terrible. They are a slightly above average defensive team, um, which is going to be an issue um, if only because we are a li- little bit um, – strained on an offensive end, especially when you're going to ask Matt McQuaid to, to guard Romeo Langford. For sure. Game. And then you kind of have to look around and like we talked about until, few, until further notice, the company line is get uh, a lot, a little from a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, right? there's really no other approach. I mean, the, it's, it's going to have to be done by committee. I mean, and obviously Cassius is going to have to, you know, be carry the, the main load here. And, um, if the team makes their free throws against Indiana the first time they win, 
if Indiana doesn't go 50% from three, they Michigan State wins. Um, I got to think with everything that's on the line, uh, MSU is going to go down there, and, and they've certainly learned how to take a punch better than they did coming into to this game against Indiana the first time. Um, with the revenge factor and everything that's on the line, the way Indiana's been playing, I, I just this would be a, an extremely disappointing, and with a week off. So that's that's the key. Michigan State having a week off, letting Cassius Winston and the other starters, who basically, the exception of Henry, played uh, way more minutes than normal. Um, Having that time off, plus uh, Indiana shot, as you mentioned, 50% from three against Michigan State the first time around. Second highest they had done the whole year. Got to feel like that regresses a little bit. That said, can't take the foot off the pedal. Nope. Michigan State has to win this game um, and continue to doing so. And if they do, a banner is all yours. Yeah. Go in, take care of business, uh, head into the last week of the regular season with, with two games to go. And, um, you know, like you said, everything's still in front of them. So, uh, yeah, last week was great. This week will be unquestionably great up until Saturday. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we just keep these good vibes going. It's an early tip, so uh, get an early brunch in you and get yeah. ready for that for that nooner tip and Eastern time. Yes, all right, guys. Well, thanks as always for tuning in. Um, as a quick reminder, you can catch John and I on Twitter at acsmith06 and John underscore Kirby. And as always, catch the mothership at the only colors. Uh, for John, this has been Austin, and we will see you guys next week. See you. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.